Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio. I hope that you all subscri- subscribe, comment, and rate. When you get an opportunity, I've got Matt's link pinned up out there. You need to subscribe to him and check him out. He is a uh, young preacher who has the patience and endurance of an angel. It's just unbelievable. I've seen a lot of debates and discussions with him, and he's incredible. He's got charisma. He hits things from a lot of different angles people have never even uh, thought of. Incredible. I think that he is the new generation, the future of what Christianity ought to be. I hope you don't mind me saying that. That's not like cause you got problems with compliments. Not a problem, Brett. Not a problem. Well, before we get into any other kind of stuff, how have you been and what you been up to? Sure thing, Brett. Well, I've been doing pretty good. Just uh, I was just at church with my family. It's uh, Sunday, and we like to go to church every Sunday and Wednesday. And so things have been good. Uh, just putting out a lot of content on creation, evolution, and so forth, and salvation and whatnot, doing some debates here and there. And so um, I definitely consider you to be a friend, and I'm glad that we're able to have a conversation. And um, it's uh, it's been a while, so it's really good to see you as well. Well, before we get into any kind of questions, and I appreciate that, Matt, would you, uh, do you have any websites or friends or YouTube channels or anything that you'd like to promote? I would say the only people on YouTube uh, that I'd like to uh, mention just because of the uh, topic that I deal with, the only person really would be Dr. Ken Hovind. I really like Dr. Ken Hovind. I think that his material is really good. Uh, as far as creation evolution is concerned, standing for truth team, standing for truth is really excellent. And um, those are the two channels that really are packing a punch to the atheist community and demonstrating the fallacies and falsehoods of that of atheism. My, uh, my grandfather sees Kent Hovind as his hero. He's got tons of videos of him whenever he was younger. I like Kent as well. Uh, Kent actually sent some people over to my room once and asked if I would be willing to uh, do some debates with some atheists with him and all that. Unfortunately, uh, whenever it comes to the young earth creationism thing, I'm a little, I'm a little fuzzy on that. Maybe we could talk about that sometime. But yeah, he's a good man. He's a real good guy. My, one of my questions for you is, at what age did you decide to be a preacher, or did you think that that was going to be the case? Or did you have other ambitions? Yeah, so I never really thought I would end up being a preacher. My mom always told me that I would end up being a preacher, um, just because of my voice. She said that I have a preacher's voice when I was a child. And so um, many people would would tell me throughout the years, hey, someday you're going to be a preacher, someday you're going to be a preacher. And I never really believed it. Um, but when I turned 19, um, I just saw that the uh, propaganda that the public school system was teaching to other people and to the students. And I saw all my fellow students getting deceived by uh, evolution and, uh, you know, things like the Big Bang, cosmology and uh, atheistic uh, theories. And so that's actually what prompted me to get into the ministry and just preach the word of God and just preach the Bible to people. So whenever it comes to the education system, I, uh, I remember back whenever I was a former atheist, I noticed that I never heard of Christian schools or religious schools having attacks or shootings and all this. But it seemed like when Madeline O'Hare, an atheist from a, uh, uh, American Atheist Association removed prayer from school and uh, uh, religion. 
all of a sudden we started noticing killing and the education quality started going down as well in school. Is this something you noticed or is this just a, a fad or do you think it's going to get worse? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look at the fact that they took the Bible out of the school and right after that happened, abortion rates skyrocketed, um, premarital sex rates skyrocketed. Um, you also have, uh, you know, suicide rates that skyrocketed. Atheists even lead the world in suicide, school shootings, drug abuse and alcohol abuse. They lead the world, even though they make up three to five percent of the population, they make up the, the largest amount of people as a demographic that commit these atrocities. And they, in fact, they commit, they've committed 97% of school shootings since Columbine. And so that says a lot about the statistics behind those who believe that there is no God and what it causes them to do. I watched a video where you were talking about the Columbine shooters and it broke my heart to see you. It, it looked like you were about to break down because it was so emotional and so passionate about what they did to that young girl. I know some people out there and I've seen non-believers actually justify say, well, they were bullied. They had a hard life. Matt, I don't know about you. I had a difficult life, but I never just decided, you know what? I need to go somewhere and go on a killing spree. What's what's going on with our young out there? That's a really good question, Brett. You know, I, I think, um, you know, when it came to the shooting of Rachel Joy Scott and the other people at Columbine, the school shooters themselves, uh, Eric Harris posted a website uh, on his website. Uh, he said, and I quote on there, he said, you know what I love? Natural selection. It's the best thing that ever happened to the earth. And he says, getting rid of all the stupid and weak organisms, but it's all natural. Yes. And so what did him and Dylan do? They go into a school based on their belief in evolution and in atheism, survival of the fittest, and wiped out what they consider to be inferior races. So it is infecting the young people, no doubt, this idea that there is no God or that we just evolved from pond scum and um, that we're nothing more than an animal. And I even had a guy tell me one time, well, I can't believe your Bible because, well, your God, you know, he created the world, but then he made an animal talk. Well, here's the thing. According to atheism, we are all animals. So he's a talking animal that's telling me not to believe that God could make an animal talk when he himself, according to his ideology, is a talking animal. And so, yeah, these people, Brett, they, um, they have infiltrated the school system, no doubt, and they can't defend their position. Their positions are indefensible. And that's why when people like you and I deal with them, and even though we differ on our views as far as the age of the earth, when we deal with the atheistic theories, we just rip them apart every time because they don't have a leg to stand on. And all we're trying to do is point out that these theories have caused students and school shooters to go in and just massacre people. And like I said, they lead the world in suicide, school shootings, drug abuse, and alcohol abuse. Those are some terrible things. And that's why we want to warn them about the judgment that's on their lives. Now, I heard you speak about the talking animals thing, and I've also seen you respond in a question that you and I have dealt with with non-believers. They say they have a difficult time accepting that a man could resurrect from the dead, yet these are the same people who believe in spontaneous generation. They think billions of lives came into existence from dead matter, right? <laughs> What's your thoughts on that? And also, I was wondering, do you think being taught that you're an animal may have an effect on your behavior may actually have you act like an animal? Absolutely. It should come as no surprise when 
students act like animals when they're being taught that they are. And, you know, you're correct about uh, spontaneous generation and the fact that the atheists will say, it's so crazy you believe in a resurrection or the virgin birth. One guy told me, how could you believe that a virgin could conceive? That's just so ridiculous. Look, <laughs> think a rock conceived. In fact, they think a rock is our ancient ancestor. And so they go around walking on their ancient ancestors. They think that it's crazy that Jesus laid down his life and took it back to himself. They think that's out there. But like you said, Brett, they think that every living life form came to life out of non-existence, resurrected itself from the dead. Like you and I and every other creature on this planet, every other life form that ever has existed or ever will exist, came to life through spontaneous generation. It's so, it's so hilarious. Their position is so indefensible that it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's almost hilarious when you actually look at what they believe and you compare it with scripture. The, the Bible is so much more powerful. In the beginning, God spake and it was, is so much more powerful than in the beginning, nothing exploded and created everything. And that nothing caused that initial explosion, which I've heard you cover uh, multiple times. Yeah, I've never, uh, I've never, I, I don't believe that if I ever went up to anybody and said, you know what, my home exploded, everybody would probably say, was anybody hurt? Anybody killed? Nobody would ever uh, imagine me saying, oh no, besides having family, now I've got new relatives that appeared out of it. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> well, that's Big Bang cosmology right there, <laughs> which you just yeah. described. <laughs> I uh, I was watching a recent video that you got uh, where you were, you were out looked like it was getting ready to rain or something and you were you were speaking of the flood and that is one of the the things that I find unusual too as you uh, realized the Earth is a considered a water planet it's almost seventy five to eighty percent water and beneath our very feet they say that there's enough water to fill the oceans three times over. Yet they have a hard time believing that a flood is possible on a planet that's already called a water planet. How do you do that? And then on top of it, you eloquently pointed out that it supposedly rained for two million years. And I don't have an umbrella that can handle even a week of that. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm with you, Brett, 100%. It's funny because they say, well, how could it rain for 40 days and 40 nights? All you have to do is Google rained for millions of years. And the first thing that pops up is, that time that it rained for 2 million years. I mean, it's like they know they're bluffing us. I mean, just the title, that time that it rained for 2 million years, they know it's a fairy tale. <laughs> people that even put out these videos, they know that they're uh, spreading lies and people are just eating it up because they don't want to believe in the obvious. And, you know, when it comes to the flood, yeah, I've heard them say things like, oh, well, where did all the water come from? Well, the Bible says that it came up from the fountains of the deep that were broken open. They say, well, where did it all go to? Well, it all went back to where it came from. So they're like, well, why isn't any, any water? Why isn't all this water still here? Well, a ton of it is. And that's why we have mountains was through catastrophic plate tectonics. You know, mountains are consistently eroding. Evolution really has no, evolution's time scale, since they like to play word games, evolution's time scale really has no uh, basis for, justifying mountains that are still up that have not eroded. So, I mean, the, you know, the, the flood model, it's really, it's, it's, you know, it makes good predictions. You know, the, the, the biblical model 
is really the strongest scientific model that we have. And, and, and I believe it's an indefensible. I, I mean, it's, def, it's, uh, it's, it, it, it eliminates that which is indefensible, which is evolution, because it wipes out the geologic column. And it shows that all the layers of strata of the geologic column were formed at the same time. There really is no geologic column. There's just fossils in the dirt. And, you know, they say, well, you've got the clams on the bottom, you've got the lizards here, you've got the mammals closer to the top, and then you've got the birds at the top. So you see how we evolved over time. <laughs> It's funny because that's actually how the flood sorted it, right? The flood would put the heavy things on the bottom, like clams, lizards, not so heavy, then mammals, which are more lightweight and uh, would be closer to the top based on their buoyancy. And then you have birds at the top, of course, because the birds are the last ones to die in a flood. So when they say, well, you see how we evolved over time, no, that's just how the flood sorted it. It's not that we evolved from a sponge or from a clam or from some type of soup. And you, even if you Google, how does life get destroyed? The first thing that pops up is water destroys DNA. DNA is vulnerable. It breaks down in sunlight and in water. 2005 paper. Well, they think life came alive in the water. So, in fact, you're more likely to get life from non-life in a grill than in the water. The reason being is because the FBI, when they do research, they found that people that die in a fire, they can trace the DNA better than in the water. The water scatters DNA, but the fire at least keeps it contained in that area where it burnt up. So that literally proves that a biogenesis is more likely to happen in a grill at a thousand degrees Celsius than in the water. But people that are so scientifically literate today, they think that, oh, life must have started in the, the primordial soup and bubbling within the, uh, bubbling within the broths of the ocean was a chemical soup. You know, well, here's the thing. Chemicals destroy life. Water destroys life. So, you know, and I've heard them say, well, fish. Well, how do you explain fish then? Fish are living organisms. Yeah, that's, we're talking prebiotic. We're talking before fish evolved, quote unquote. We're talking DNA coming to life by spontaneous generation in water. It doesn't make any sense. Water would destroy it faster than it could assemble it. You know, so, I mean, Brett, I feel like every single claim that they have is absolutely indefensible on absolutely every level. You know, I've seen you do clips of Bill Nye. You went after him pretty hard. And Bill Nye, I watched him during the Ken Ham debate, and he claimed that a worldwide flood wasn't even possible, that that's just pure fantasy and all this. But then I watched him a week later on the news state that, oh, we need to start protecting our world because if the ice caps melt, we flood, we drown. But during the debate, he said this isn't even possible. Took him one week to screw himself up. All right, you ready for some more questions? Because I, I know you you got things you got to do. Sure thing, Brett. All right, when, when you're engaging atheists and they claim they came from nothing that turned into space rocks with squid, octopussy, hitchhikers, that their ancestors were slimy rodents who climbed trees just after being a fish then turned into a turd-flinging monkey, how do you not pee your pants and laugh hysterically in their face? Where does the strength inside you come from? Because you actually engage them out in public. How do you, I watch you and you've got this straight face and I can actually see the love coming off you, but you never like break and go, oh my goodness, did he just say that? How do you do this? Well, it's, it's interesting, Brett, because they actually laugh at us. And while they're laughing at us, I'm just thinking to myself, how can you laugh at what the Bible says when exactly what they believe, which you just described, which you, <laughs> you know, frankly, I have had a hard time not 
pissing myself over because it's so ridiculous. You know, when you deal with atheists, they a lot of times have been just brainwashed. And, you know, Hitler said, if you tell a lie big enough, loud enough and often enough, people will believe it. And so, you know, it doesn't come as a surprise that they believe these things. And so it's because they believe it and because uh, their belief in that rather than the Lord Jesus Christ is going to one day be what sends them to the lake of fire. In my mind, you know, I, I hurt over that, no matter how stupid the belief is. Obviously, uh, you know, I take time to kind of mock that belief in general because it, it is ridiculous. I don't want to mock them per se, but I, I do want to make fun and, and, you know, make light of a silly belief system and show them how ridiculous it is so that they'll question it because they're not asking questions. They're always like, Matt, you're not, ask, you're not encouraging people to ask questions. That's what science is about, asking questions. Yes, we do ask questions. But we need to ask the logical questions. Where did things come from? And where are we going when we die? Those are logical questions. But when it comes to dealing with them, Brett, you know, I've dealt with two in person in particular, the raging atheist, absolute smackdown in the, in, in the entire conversation. Um, you know, he didn't have a, a position. To, he didn't have any position. They say atheism is just a, a lack of belief or whatever. And I don't even want to get into that. But yeah, I dealt with him and it was hard to keep a straight face. You, you can see me smirking on those videos here and there because I'm just thinking, this is ridiculous. I dealt with a YFN atheist on YouTube. I met with him in person and both YFN and Raging Atheist were admitted that they lost horribly in those debates, that they were basically uh, completely unprepared and they will prepare better next time. But I'm sorry, if you're going to defend the position that you came from a rock or that the world came from nothing or that there is no God, those are indefensible positions. It doesn't matter how much you prepare. The position is still indefensible. You could be the best speaker in the world, but you'll lose every time if you deal with somebody that knows your side better than you know your side. And here's the thing. We know their side, Brett, better than they know their side. They think they know evolution. They don't know evolution. you, You mentioned before we went live the squids and octopi that crash landed to Earth. None of them have ever heard about this, but this is peer-reviewed by 33 scientists. This is the number one evolutionary theory as to why we have squids and octopi on the earth. And so, yeah, I just, uh, you know, when you deal with them, the best thing you can do is just show them the love of Christ and hope that someday they'll get saved. And I've had a lot of their viewers trust Christ and actually become Christians as a result of the dealings that I've had with them. Why? Well, because their position is indefensible and they found a stronger model. In fact, they found God's model, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I seen a video where you went after uh, Sky Dan and he is a, the perfect stereotypical demonstration of atheists who don't know what they're talking about, whether it's about evolution or cosmology, the big bang model of the universe. Um, he said, well, it didn't actually explode. It, it just kind of pushed out like toothpaste. You know, <laughs> that was kind of his demonstration. And then you clearly you brought up clips showing that the scientists are saying something different. They can't even be bothered to actually research and study the very thing that they claim to care so much about. How do, how do you feel about that? Because you're not just you're not arguing with science. You're arguing with someone's made up brand of it. And they and they got that arrogance and smugness about them. How how does that work for you? Yeah, it's funny because they they say that they believe in science. We are about free thought and science advocacy. 
But there's just a fringe of a fringe of a fringe of a fringe known as the atheist community, the most unscientific community that exists on YouTube. And, you know, the fact that he tried to say, well, it's just an expansion. It's not an explosion. Look, that what he's admitting is that it sounds really stupid that it exploded. But here's the thing. I'm sorry, Simon Dan, sci-fi man, whatever your name is, <laughs> it exploded. Uh, you know, the definition of an, ex an explosion is a rapid expansion of material. So that was the most rapid expansion of material that ever happened of all time. So if that was not an explosion, there is no such thing as an explosion. And so, um, you know, Simon Dan's position is absolutely indefensible on absolutely every level. And in fact, Standing for Truth, their team of creationists, they went after him. And even Simon Dan's viewers were telling Simon Dan, look, you picked the wrong fight. You, you should take this video down. Uh, Standing for Truth had peer-reviewed papers for what they were saying. Simon Dan just pulled stuff out of his behind and didn't actually do the research. And the reason, you know how I know that is because, you know, he did do the research. He went to some atheist website to get his information that went, and that atheist website didn't even get the information correct. And so it, you can actually see where people are getting their information. Simon Dan didn't even do the research, doesn't even have any scientific papers. He might not even know what a peer-reviewed paper is, you know, just because he's saying it's an expansion and it's, it's an expansion. Peer-reviewed papers literally say it's an explosion. So, you know, I, he's just making that up to make it sound like it's not as kooky and crazy as it actually is. The Big Bang Theory, unless God was the prime mover, the uncaused cause, the theory makes no sense. If somebody believed that God used the Big Bang to create time-space-matter continuum, that's more rational than saying, well, nothing caused the expansion of time-space and matter, or it's, it's unexplained. Whenever they say it's unexplained, okay, well, that's... <laughs> You know, God is outside of time, space, and matter. We can't expect to fully be able to explain him. So just the fact that they admit that there's an unexplained cause, they're admitting God at that point. All right, I'm going to throw something else up at you. We were talking about schools and the education system earlier. Are you familiar with a man by the name of Jeffrey Dahmer? Oh, yeah, yeah. He uh, has a quote for stating this. For anybody out there that doesn't know, Jeffrey Dahmer was a, a rapist, a murderer. He uh, had sexual intercourse with corpses, chopped people up, kept people in his refrigerator and closet, a cannibal. His quotation was this in prison, and there's a video and audio interview out there if any of you ever want to use it for your Christian video. He said, if a person doesn't think there is a God to be accountable to, then what's the point of trying to modify your behavior to keep it within acceptable ranges? That's how I thought anyway. I always believed this, the theory of evolution as truth, that we all just came from the slime. When we died, you know, that was it. There is nothing. And he clearly says in the interview he was an atheist. And uh, what's your thoughts on that? Do you think that atheism teaches a form of nihilism or ends that way? And death and life just simply has no value or worth anymore. Absolutely. Well, they make they think there is no purpose. So their whole, you know, by saying that there is no God, basically what they're saying is there's no purpose to life. So they're making it their purpose to tell everybody that there is no purpose. They say, well, there is no right or wrong. Jeffrey Dahmer, I've heard people say Jeffrey Dahmer was not really right or wrong. Okay, well, are you right about that? 
Or are you wrong about that? Because if there is no right, how can you be right about that if there is no concept of right? Or how can there be no truth when there is no concept of truth? How can that be true? Literally every, not just one or two things that the atheists believe as far as their fundamental uh, faith positions that they have. It's not just one or two errors. <laughs> Literally, absolutely every single thing that they say is wrong on their foundation when it comes to nothing causing a time, space, and matter. They're not being any right or wrong. Okay, well, if they're right about that, then that contradicts the idea that there is no right and wrong. So, yes, that means there has to be a right or a wrong. And that means that there has to be truth. And truth always proves itself. They say, well, Matt, well, why do you accept the Bible? <laughs> well, quite frankly, because of the Bible. They say, well, that's a circular argument. I don't care what shape the argument is. The Bible has power. You know, and obviously I'm being a little facetious there. You know, we don't want to just continuously use circular arguments. But you can use a circular argument when it comes to absolute truth. Truth always proves itself. But back to your question. Yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer. The thing about him and other psychopaths that are out there, they do a lot of what they do just based in their belief of, of evolution and in their belief that, well, there is no God. And, you know, and I've heard atheists say, well, there is no God and I hate him, you know, but, you know, people like Jeffrey Dahmer, um, you know, he really, um, really, really got messed up in the head. And frankly, you know, when you don't have a place to turn, a lot of times people will turn to horrible things. You know, there's a lot of terrible people out there and religion would actually help keep them from committing atrocities. Even though they're a terrible human being, religion would actually help them not be a terrible human being. And there are some atheists out there that are really, really good people that mean well and that would be really great people religious as well. It typically comes down to in most cases, the belief system that you have that will determine your behavior. And Jeffrey Dahmer was just being consistent with his belief in atheism or his belief in Satanism. All those who hate me love death. And so he loved death and he hated God. And so obviously we know that he did not end up in a very good place. And I bet you he's in hell right now, probably with Adolf Hitler uh, burning up because of all the uh, burning because of all the atrocities that they committed towards people based on their belief, once again, in atheism. You've heard, uh, you've heard atheists countless times say that Christians can't accept a reality and that uh, they don't need a Bible in order to live a happy, good life, yet they have the highest substance abuse rate. And to me, if you take drugs, it means that you have a hard time dealing with reality. And number two, if you're committing suicide, it means that you're not happy. You know, so that's the logic that falls on me. What, what's your view on that? That's really good points, Brett. They say, oh, we have you Christians. You're just you. You believe the old book because you can't face reality. Well, here's the thing. Just the fact that they're denying the resurrection. That's a historical fact. They're denying reality. They say, well, prove Jesus existed. I, look, I can't just prove that George Washington existed right now. I can't prove that certain people actually existed. I accept by faith that they did and based off of eyewitness accounts and things that we've already demonstrated to be true. The Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. But back to what your question was. Yeah, I mean, they lead the world. They say, you, you Christians 
are living in a fantasy. I'm sorry, if your demographic leads the world in drug abuse, drugs put you into a fantasy. What about suicide? Same thing, based on a fantasy, thinking that they'll just be able to escape this reality. What about um, uh, uh, alcohol? Alcohol abuse, same thing. That is based in a fantasy. You drink too much, you're going to go into fantasy land. And so they say Christians are in fantasy land. Their demographic leads the world in the most fanatical, crazy, fantasy-type things that you could possibly even do as a demographic. And so it makes no sense for them to say that Christians uh, are living in a fantasy. I'd say we just got to turn the mirror back on them. Do you uh, Are you familiar with a uh, comedian called George Carlin? I am. Now, atheists for the for the last twenty years, they've held him up as their their big king of comedy as an atheist. But I found a clip recently that I'm going to be putting on my channel where George Carlin is quoted on video for saying this. Larry King said, "So you're an atheist?" He says, "No, I'm not an atheist. Atheism is just another religion." He actually says that he was open to a higher power, and he goes. And Larry King asks, "Well, why did you attack religion so much?" He said, "I attacked everything. I'm a comedian. It's what I do. That doesn't mean that I subscribe to this." And I notice uh, a bunch of atheists are extremely upset about this. They held him up like he was the guy. What's your thoughts on that? That he said atheism is a religion. Well, whenever we point out that atheism is a religion, the first thing that the atheists have been trained to do by people like Aaron Ra is to say, oh, there's the fallacy of false equivalence. You're saying religion's bad. No, religion's not bad. Atheism is a religion, yes, but it is a false religion. It's something that's a belief system that's held by faith that is not true. See, there's irrational faith, such as an Nothing, the universe popping into existence uncaused. That's irrational faith. That's magic. What if I said a giant boulder just popped into existence in the middle of this room? Nobody would believe that. But they think that the whole universe popped into existence from nothing with no God. That's magic. That is a religion based in magic and irrational faith. But Christianity is based in rational faith, that there is an uncaused cause that caused time, space, and matter to come into existence, something consistent with the laws of thermodynamics and the laws of physics, the laws of science. It's consistent with every law of science. And so atheists have to make believe. That's part of their religion, make believing that there's pretending there's a purpose. That's why atheist churches are popping up all across the United States, because they're looking, since there is no purpose, they want to pop up churches everywhere and tell everybody that there is no purpose. That's their purpose, to make everybody think there is no purpose. Their religion is based in myths, primitive superstition. They say, what do you mean primitive superstition? Yeah, saying that we came from primates, primitive primates back in primitive times, millions of years ago, that's primitive superstition. The Bible is not superstitious. 98% of scholars believe that Jesus existed. You know, Christianity, there's such a powerful case for the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ that when we compare the Christian model to the atheistic model, when we compare creation to evolution, evolution falls apart every time. Phylogeny, the phylogenetic challenge that uh, R. and Rob put forth, what a joke. Lumping things in based on similar characteristics and saying, oh, they must have a common, uh, they must have had a common ancestor. 
You could say that squids and octopi are related just because they squirt ink. You could say that a fly and an airplane are related just because they have wings. The religion of atheism is based in the religion of evolution. And so, you know, Christianity is a good religion. There is true religion and pure religion that's undefiled to help the widow, the fatherless, and so forth. But then there's a false religion. And so I think, yes, we should compare the two religions and point out that atheism is a religion. And that doesn't make religion bad, but it is a bad religion. And so they go crying all day, Brett. Fallacy of false equivalence. Fall they've learned this from people like R. and Ra, that it's the fallacy of false equivalence that we're spewing we're our own problems onto them. That's not true. We're just pointing out that they have a belief system that's irrational and ours is rational. It does seem like if you hold to the classic definition of lacking a belief in deities, it will end up producing beliefs towards how you value society, the universe, how you look at life, all these things. One of them is, um, you've probably heard them say, I don't need a God in order to have morals. They'll even say, oh, you need a book in order to know how to do right and wrong. But if their morals are based upon nature... We can see that in nature, it's the most cruelest, disgusting, vile thing that can possibly be. If you base it upon what ducks do to each other on a daily basis, you'd be in prison right now. And then if they base it on um, politics, society, well, we could sit here all day and talk about how terrible it is in the political arena, am I right? So if that's the only place they get their morals, how can they be nothing more or less than that of corruption? Yeah, if they get their morals from lions and they say well we learned from nature mother nature our ancestry well they don't realize that their ancestry quote unquote fights and they say well we fight too well we don't have to the bible says if it be possible live peaceably with all men the bible says jesus even said that do unto others as you would have them do unto you that's a great way to live your life is to treat others the way that you want to be treated but in evolution but in atheism these are theories and ideas, and these are moral ideas that get passed down that say, well, you are an animal, so act like one. You know, sleep around and play the field, quote unquote. Well, here's the thing. We should never treat uh, intimacy as something that you just play around. It's not a joke. You don't play the field. You find the one that God wants you to marry. You marry that person, and you stick with them till death do you part. And that will even make for a better physical intimacy relationship within marriage than you would have in the world because in the world you're going to have multiple partners and those multiple partners will be insecure about your previous partners and so therefore they won't be able to really relax around you and let loose around you but in marriage you know and and you're having a pure relationship and you're sharing that intimacy with your spouse and there's a security there that it's a lot better that the pleasure in the sense of being together with someone in marriage is a lot deeper and it hits a lot better than in the world. The world has a lie that if you just go down this route of, you know, having multiple partners before you're married, that that is, that is the real way to do things. Well, I'm sorry, it's going to cause your marriage later to suffer. It's going to cause their marriages to suffer. It's hateful to sleep with someone who you're not married to. So, and it's just basic logic. And so, you know, I've heard Christians say uh, that, oh, well, I was saved out of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. 
well, I'm sorry, you shouldn't put sex in the same phrase as drugs and rock and roll. Sex is holy. Sex is ordained of God. It's to be carried out in marriage. That is a holy, righteous thing. It should never be put in the same phrase as drugs and rock and roll. The Bible says that intimacy is a gift from God. The Bible even says that marriage is honorable and all and the bed undefiled. The Bible says, let her breasts satisfy thee at all times. The Bible has a whole book written about intimacy. But people don't know that because they don't read the Bible. And they get a wrong impression about Christianity. They think that us Christians, you know, we're like the Catholic Church where everybody's perpetually single. No, we actually encourage people to get married, to have a great physical relationship and a spiritual relationship where the husband leads the house and the wife submits and doing things God's way, which will make for a way better life. God's model is always superior. You know what you were saying about the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I'm a I'm a child of the '80s. I grew up when metal and rock was really blowing up, and people would brag and boast, "Sex, drugs, and rock and roll," and raise their fists and their lighters. But uh, the unfortunately nowadays, the same people we considered rock star heroes are on TV talking about how they ruined their lives, spent all the money that they had, and they have nothing anymore. They and of course all their friends have died from the behavior and experiences they had so yeah what we think is trendy and good now i'll kill you later all right my next question for you is um i've heard you've probably heard uh, atheists point at adolf hitler claim that he was a christian may i share a quote with you and get your opinion sure okay. may i okay here it is um this is from historians, and a lot of atheists don't realize it, but apparently Hitler knew how to use a pen and pencil and wrote out a diary. So this is from him. Okay, the dogma of Christianity gets worn away before the advances of science. Gradually, the myths crumble. All that is left to prove that nature is no frontier, the organic and inorganic, when understanding of the universe has become widespread, when the majority of men know that the stars are not sources of light, but worlds, perhaps inhabited worlds like ours, then the Christian doctrine will be convicted of absurdity. He also stated Christianity is a mental illness, and we also realized Jesus in the flesh was a considered a Jew, and we know how he felt about Jews, right? So why did they get the idea that this guy was anything more than that of an atheist? Well, I would say you were coming in and out a bit there, but I think I got the gist of what you were saying. So when, when Hitler said that Christianity is a mental illness, you know, you have to question uh, well, what did Hitler actually believe that caused him to think that Christianity was an illness mentally? I mean, there's people, obviously, he's calling light darkness. Well, what darkness is out there that he's calling light? Well, evolution. Sir Arthur Keith, who lived at the same time as Adolf Hitler and even wrote books on evolution, said about Hitler, and I quote, word for word, Hitler, as I have consistently maintained, is an evolutionist. He has consciously sought to make the practice of Germany conform to evolution. So the reason that Hitler did what he did, the darkness and the satanic garbage that he did by wiping out what he considered to be inferior races, he wrote as well, was based on his belief in evolution. People say Hitler was a Bible-believing Christian. Hitler admitted that Christianity was a poison, quote-unquote, according to his ideology. Hitler probably never read the Bible. So that's, that's what I would say about that. 
We got Tommy from the Bronx out here. I've actually talked to this guy. He's a pretty popular atheist. He says, I don't think Christianity is a mental illness, but it is brainwashing. Do you think when atheists get on their live streams and podcasts and constantly enforce the idea that children are stupid, that they believe in God or that they came from some form of intelligence, do you think that might be some form of brainwashing by bullying people, making people feel less than what they are if they believe a certain thing? What do you think, Matt? I'm just answering Tommy's. Um, Absolutely. Well, it's funny because they accuse us of being brainwashed and controlled. I won't be controlled by religion. As they're sipping their (laughs) Jack Daniels, as they're leading the world in horrible things, drug abuse, suicide, oh, they won't be controlled. It sounds like they're being controlled by something. Yeah, the prince of the power of the air, the devil himself, you know, they are absolutely being controlled. They're just spewing their own problems onto us. It's the fallacy of false equivalence. It's the idea that, well, they must, the Christians must have the same problems that we have. It's kind of like the transgender crowd, you know, and I'm not going to get too deep into this because I don't want to get your channel struck in, <laughs> but you know, they, they say, well, you just imagine whatever you want to be. And, you know, you just be what you want to be. I'll be what I want to be. And let's tell everybody to figure out their gender. Well, I'm sorry. They're, cons- they're str- construing their own uh, confusion onto the rest of the population. I mean, I figured out what I was when I was born. It was assigned to me by God that I was a male. The Bible says God created the male and female. There's no way you can change your gender. I mean, you can't just change one body part. There's male chromosomes, female chromosomes. What are you going to do? Go to get a chromosome implant? That's not possible. Are you, you got female bones and male bones. Are you going to go get a bone transplant? Once again, that would kill you. <laughs> so you cannot change what God has already determined you to be. And in the same way, you know, they want to spew that confusion onto us too. Oh, well, you know, and they'll bully too. Like you had mentioned, they'll bully kids that believe that there is a God. And whenever somebody's bullied, chemicals get released in your brain to think that what the bully is doing is correct, that what he's saying is right about you. That's just how our brains work. And so many people are bullied into believing lies. Many people are bullied. And I think that we should stand up to them and knock out the bullies like the raging atheist, knock out the bullies like the YFN atheist. I mean, these guys, you may say, well, YFN atheist is not a bully. I'm sorry. He's promoting ideologies that bullies like Hitler and bullies like Jeffrey Dahmer pushed throughout their entire lives. Are you familiar with a, um, something that is called other Ken? I'm not. I did a interview with some people a while back. It was probably a couple of years ago. Other Ken are people who identify as being creatures that exist in nature. Uh, some of them believe that they are dragons. Some of them believe they are cat that is returned from cat wherever. Um, What is the difference between someone who thinks that they're a mystical two-headed cat and then someone who goes from a scientific biological gender to whatever they decide to imagine up for themselves? Can you ask that question one more time, Brett? Yeah. Okay. So other can... They identify themselves as animals and creatures. Some of them even identify themselves as mystical fictional characters from comic books and movies and actually believe that to be true. What is the difference between someone who wakes up one day and says, no, I'm not a guy, even though I got tons of hair on my chest and I look like I'm ready to bowl. 
I'm a girl. I, I seen a, just one more example. I seen a guy who was 60 years old who left his wife and children because he wanted to be adopted because he identified as a six-year-old girl when he was actually a six-year-old man. What, what's the difference then between that and a mental illness? And I will take the video and give copies out if uh, YouTube gives me hell for uh, pointing out those facts. Yeah, absolutely. There is no difference. It's all make-believe. <laughs> it just comes down to the fact that they are make-believing these ideas, that they can just be whatever you want to be. I'm sorry, if I'm not a fighter pilot, I'm not going to pretend that I am one. And atheists all make-believe a purpose. They will admit. I ask them. I ask them all the time. What's the purpose to life? If there is no God and everything's magically spawned through magic and mystical superstition, what's the purpose of life? They say, well, my meaning of my life is, you know, I, I give it my own meaning. I make it up, whatever I want my meaning to be. What they have just admitted, every single one of them, is that they are making up or make-believing a purpose for life. So atheists and these people that are trans, they don't actually think that there is purpose, but they've decided to pretend that there's something that they're not or even pretend that there's purpose. They would rather make-believe than actually believe in something real. Matt, I don't know if you know this. I went into a room a while back and a bunch of atheists tag teamed on me and they said, you don't do the pronouns. You don't respect people's identity, politics, and all this kind of stuff. And I said, I'll tell you what, if you guys start referring to me, I identify as the most handsome, beautiful, smartest man on the planet. If you announce me like that every time, I will consider your uh, your argument. Uh, of course they didn't. <laughs> yeah that's All a good right. response because whatever you want to be whatever you want to make up for yourself you know you could identify as literally anything and people are forced to respect that well i i have no respect for that the bible says the lord had not respect to cain's offering the lord doesn't respect people like that but anyways brett i i really appreciate um you willing you being willing to have me on your channel and um it's good to see you my friend I, I just totally enjoy having you in, and I hope that you can be part of the discussion more. Or do you got to get out or something? Or you? I do. Yeah, it's, it's Father's Day, so my dad is. Um, oh yeah, hanging out with him. So uh, actually, you know what? My wife just texted me and said, "No rush. Mom and dad aren't back." Okay, well, I can hang out for a few more minutes. No, that sounds good. That's awesome. Well, I hope that I, I know that you're extremely busy and all that, taking care of your family and all that. I hope that in the future we can uh, have some more uh, discussions. It's really, really interesting your your angle and how you perceive things, and plus you got the charisma in it as well. All right, let me go with the, get some more questions going real quick. Um, let's see. Okay, are you aware that atheist uh, Stalin? dictator killed more people than all ancient religious wars combined and i'm not just talking about christianity i'm talking about islam i'm talking about judaism all these if you look at the statistics of him and then compare the ancient things and i think the reason why this is is because in ancient religious wars people fought on a battlefield they looked at each other in the eye like a man as where atheists can push a button and nuke an entire civilization so what do you think about that? One single atheist caused more damage than all the religious wars put together. That is shocking. I did not know that. I, I, I knew that they had killed. I mean, obviously, there's been over 110 million deaths that have occurred 
through atheistic communism. But I didn't know that just simply through Stalin alone, more than the entire religious wars altogether. But they complain, Brett. They complain about the religious wars. <clears throat> they say, it's so crazy. Have you heard of the holy wars, Matt? Yes, I've heard of the holy wars. Have you ever heard of Stalin? You ever heard of Adolf Hitler? You ever heard of the fact that over 110 million people have died under atheistic communism? That's more than the holy wars, 10 times more at least than religion ever thought of doing any killing. All right, we've been going after atheists, and we could we could give them hell all day and stuff with some of the weird stuff they come up with. How about a couple like uh, the spiritual questions? See where you're at on it. Do you believe that's possible? Because there are some denominations out there and groups that some Christians don't consider Christian, but they call themselves Christian on their end, who believe that it's possible to be forgiven after you're already dead. What is your thoughts on that? Yeah, the Bible says it's appointed in Hebrews. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. So when you die, <laughs> the Bible clearly says that you are going to be judged. And the Bible says that those who are not saved are judged according to their works. And those of us who are saved, we are uh, judged according to our faith. Those of us who have trusted in Christ as Savior and have been washed in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the blood of the Lamb. And so, um, you know, I would say that the Bible clearly teaches that once somebody dies, that's it. There is no, you know, it's not like Mormon theology where you can go and get baptized for the dead. You know, the Bible does say that it's appointed once for a man to die, and after this, the judgment. All right, I appreciate you answering that. The uh, next question is this. This is, a, this is kind of a, a rough one. Uh, being that you're a preacher, you probably experience uh, running into people who've got issues. If a Christian suffers in an accident or through mental illness, forgetting who they are, their family or people that they love, and they the mental illness causes them to have uncontrolled spurts, maybe like Tourette's syndrome, where they say things about Jesus or the Holy Spirit they don't intentionally want to, but their brain is doing that. Can this cause problems, or do you feel the Bible leaves leeway for people who have disabilities? Oh, absolutely. The Bible gives tons of leeway to those who are physically disabled. I mean, the Bible says that, you know, you should help the fatherless and the widows. And obviously those aren't disabled people, but the Bible also encourages us to give to the poor. Now, poor meaning people that are physically disabled, physically handicapped. Um, those people, we should help protect those people. We should help lift up the fallen. And, um, <clears throat> you know, when it comes to, um, when it comes to uh, people that are physically handicapped or have diseases, um, they are special people. They are very, very special and they should be treated as such. Um, you know, people say there's special needs. Absolutely, they have special needs and they should be loved and cared for by society. They shouldn't just be aborted. They shouldn't be put to death just so that we can get them off of our hands as many uh, certain societies have done. The Bible says that this is pure religion and undefiled that we help these people. So um, as far as their standing with God, if somebody gets saved, they trust Christ as their savior, they're always going to be God's child. And therefore, if they lost their mind, the Bible says that 
you could forget God, but his covenant, he will not break. He will not forget you. All right, the next question I got for you, Matt, because I'm trying to move along in case you get a call. It's time to go. Okay, so in the last couple thousand years, and even uh, uh, before that, while we were still in Old Testament times, anyone that was labeled a philosopher, a historian, and even later on, scientists and artists, musicians, since the dawn of man have always been a majority by a landslide, a theist, a person who believes in God. Why do you think atheists figure they have the monopoly on science and shaping humanity when every revolutionary invention that has ever existed has been by a theist? And I will remind them one more time on this, and they hate this. But in The Descent of Man, written by Charles Darwin, he said evolution wouldn't work unless there was a god. He was a theist. Go ahead. Yeah, every single scientific um person out there that has made great discoveries typically has been a Christian even I would you know even not just even a theist but a Christian you know you look at um, all the founders of science you look at um, Galileo you look at um, you know just different people throughout history Einstein Albert Einstein Tesla all of these guys were believers in God and they were very brilliant Einstein even said that the planets uh, there, there was music in the planets, if I'm not mistaken, something along those lines. And so, um, you know, it's just incredible. The, you know, the Bible even says in Psalm 19, 1, that the heavens declare the glory of God and that the firmament showeth his handiwork. So the reason that these scientists were so smart and able to make these great discoveries and publish these great findings was because they started with God. They believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, many of them, and they started with God. And, you know, the Bible says the fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. So it's no wonder that they come up with these foolish ideas. And I'm sorry, anybody that says that the universe could have popped into existence uncaused, they're going to be rejected by the scientific community because the scientific community isn't about, uh, you know, unsupported assertions. That's an unsupported assertion. If somebody believes in Big Bang cosmology, but that the Big Bang was not caused by anything, I, I can't take that person seriously because it's such a ridiculous thing to believe. What, what else are they going to believe that's absolutely pathetic? But when you start with God, when the founders of science started with God, they were able to publish great findings and do great things. All right, some of these next questions are not so scientific or theological. Well, there is kind of a theological slant to a couple of them, but um, if you... Um, were offered to uh, do a role in a secular film or doing something with secular music, maybe being in a video or something like that, would you have issue with this? Not at all. Not at all. I I think that, you know, if, um, if there was a film opportunity that came up and it's not something that would violate my belief system, (laughs) look, I grew up on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I grew up on uh, Mickey Mouse. I grew up on Robin Hood. Those are all things that weren't Christian per se, but things that I loved. And so if I had an opportunity to be involved in any of that and in the filmography or the production, <laughs> count me in. I, uh, or at least at one point in my life, now that I'm uh, into preaching and whatnot, I probably wouldn't have time. Uh, but if I did have time, you know, those are things I'm, I'm very... I, I enjoy. I I don't watch the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles anymore, but um, 
Yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't have any issue with that at all, as long as it doesn't violate uh, my belief system in any way, sure. The super popular director came looking for you, like Zack Snyder. I don't know if you watch any of his films. And he said, look, I'm wanting to uh, do my own Jesus movie, a more up-to-date thing, something even greater than The Passioner. And he says, but I, I need one role filled, and I need somebody to play Judas. What would you, what would you say to that? I, you know, <laughs> that's a good question, Brett. Um, I don't know. I'd have to really think about that uh, because Judas was such a, um, you think about the fact that he was a devil from the beginning, the Bible says, and it's a real true story. I mean, we're not talking fiction. This is actually something that really happened. Judas Iscariot. And so um, that's a good question. I don't know. I would have to say I'm undecided on that one. Do you feel like, uh, I mean, if I, I know it's hard to have it thrown out there, but in order for the story of Jesus to be told and the message to get out there, though, you kind of have to play the role that Judas did in order for Jesus's uh, plan and message to come through, right? Yeah, if there was no other way, sure, I'd be willing to play the role. If there was absolutely nobody else that could do it, sure, I'd play the role. But I would just tell people, you know, um, it's just a movie. <laughs> There you go. There you go. You got some other stuff on uh, whenever it comes to movies. Because I've noticed in your videos, you're great at doing the editing and uh, production values. Just incredible. You're offered a huge budget to make any movie you want. It's going to be one movie. It'll be the only movie you ever get to make. And you're given everything on the table to make it. What would that movie be? What would it be about? It would be about a college student that went to school that educated his uh, fellow students and the teachers about what evolution actually teaches in an evolutionary classroom and points out the absurdities of atheism, the absurdity of surfing monkeys in evolution or octopi and squids coming from outer space. A student that would tell the teacher, look, this is what evolution actually is. And then living in the age of information and Googling those things and students just finding out that evolution is completely ridiculous and figuring out that creation is the true science and creation science in particular. And um, it would, it would be filled with a debate maybe between or a couple debates between some college professors and some of the students. And it would just be uh, similar to God's not dead, but with actual arguments that defeat evolution just outright. I tell people all the time to Google and this would be in that movie if we ever did it. And we might at someday. I don't know if this would ever be a thing. But I always tell people, Google the Believe in Evolution when monkeys surfed. Just Google when monkeys surfed. The first thing that pops up is that monkeys, uh, the, the article that pops up is from BBC. It's called When Monkeys Surfed uh, to South America. And so evolution teaches that monkeys actually got on rafts, that they hopped on rafts and surfed across the ocean. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. You're familiar with the guy. You mentioned God is dead. Um, Kevin Sorbo, he's a guy I watched since I was uh, a young young fellow whenever he was doing Hercules. You're familiar with this? Yes. Don't you find it weird that society adored him and put him up on a pedestal whenever he played the role of a pagan god? But then when he starts talking Christianity, all of a sudden he becomes the enemy? and blacklisted 
But it's okay to be a pagan god. Just don't talk about Christianity. Why do you think that is? It comes down to anything but the truth, anything but what the facts are, anything but what we can demonstrate to be true. But they will pretend to be able to demonstrate things to be true. It's a magic act. Poof, the Big Bang. It's a, it's a magic act. It's an imagination. That's all it is. Just a poof. And here we are. I'm sorry, that's, that's magic. And that's what the Big Bang is. That's the cosmological model. And so, yes, you know, people, they, um, they want to hear certain things. The Bible says that there are people out there that want the teachers of the Bible to feed their itching ears. You know, they have itching ears and they turn away from the truth. Itching ears as in what? Well, tell me what I want to hear, you know, sort of a thing. And so, um, yeah, the reason that people hate Jesus a lot of times and hate Christianity is because, you know, Christians, uh, Christianity teaches us that we are all fallen and that we are sinful creatures. And they get so angry about that. And they just, they don't even think before saying stuff like this, but they'll just say, oh, well, then why did your God create sin? Or where did God come from? And they'll ask these questions that are just not logical. I mean, if I went out and bought a car at a dealership and I went and crashed that car, I would not go back to the dealership and say, oh, it's totally your fault. You guys manufactured this car in a way where I ended up crashing it. And so therefore it wasn't reliable. No, the car was a perfect car. It was brand new, 2021 Lamborghini. I took and crashed this thing. And I'm blaming the dealer for that, for a perfectly good car. The point is, when it comes to sin, we were given the opportunity to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ in perfection in the Garden of Eden. We partook of things that we were not supposed to partake of. And that's when we were cursed by our own free will. We had and we wake up with a free will every day and we can choose to do right or wrong. But if we choose to do wrong, we shouldn't blame the one who gave us the choice to do right and wrong. Because he's given us the ability to do what's right. He, but he says in the Bible that I will not tempt to give you that above which you are able to handle. And so God created us to do what was right and to follow him. But just because we've become sinful and we've decided to go the corrupt path, the Bible says that uh, all we have, like sheep, have gone astray. It doesn't mean that God's original creation was bad. It's that the original creation was good but we have taken and corrupted that which was good. And so therefore God did not create evil. God allows evil. Yes, but he did not create it. It was a creation of man. And they say, well, your God created the world knowing that man would fall. Okay. Big deal. We wouldn't know what love is if we didn't know what hurt is. So just like you wouldn't know what hot is if you didn't know what cold is, we have to have hurt and able to, to be able to understand love. So there's a lot of philosophical implications of why sin even exists but i <laughs> that's a whole rabbit trail in and of itself i don't even know how i got off on that tangent um, no it's sorry. cool i i i was very moved as far as it goes with pain and suffering which seems to be the emotional argument atheists jump to um i would probably say this and you can correct me if you think i'm wrong but uh, twenty percent of the pain and suffering in this world happens from nature, but the other eighty to eighty-five percent is from humans choosing to hurt each other and not take care of each other. So, how are you going to blame God if it's a majority of the human race who's decided to kill and hurt each other for unnecessary reasons and hunt for sport and all these kind of things? So, um, 
I think before people start pointing the finger somewhere else, one of the reasons this world hasn't changed is because we haven't taken accountability for our own lives and what we do. Right. It's It comes down to us just needing to be accountable to ourselves and to God for what we decide to do. He's given us a free will. If I came home to a robot dog every day, I wouldn't be that just barks on command, bark, bark. I wouldn't be very uh, moved by that. But if I came home to a dog that loved me, that had free will, that could choose to either obey me or to poop on the carpet, I'm going to be more inclined to be friendly with that dog and get to know that dog. And that's what God wanted with us. He wanted a relationship with mankind. And we were the ones who messed that up. And so we need to get it right. He already went to the cross and made it right on his end. Now all we have to do is trust him as Savior, be born again. And then after we're born again, we should completely uh, go God's route. And so, yes, you know, atheists complain all day, um, you know, oh, you know, it's just so bad that that God created the world and, you know, there's pain and suffering. What are we going to do? Well, stop, stop doing stupid things. <laughs> Help each other. The Bible says, love one another as I have loved you, Jesus said. That's powerful. The Bible says that no greater love hath man than this, than then a man lay down his life for his friends. The next question I'm going to be asking, Matt, is going to demonstrate, I already have an idea where Matt may come from on this, but this next question I'm about to ask will demonstrate the just huge difference between the worldview of Christianity uh, opposed to other views out there, including atheism. The question is this. If you found out an atheist who hates you and wishes death upon you was hospitalized with terminal cancer, would you attempt to approach them if you had the ability, even though you know that atheist would most likely love to see you suffer if you were in that position? What would you do? I absolutely would want to visit them. I would want to tell them about the savior because they're likely to die in that state. And here's the thing, you know, I heard my dad uh, the other day, he burnt his hand on the stove and he cried out even just for a second. And I felt bad for him. We feel for each other as humans. It's how we were designed. And so because we care for one another as mankind, we don't want one another to suffer. And so at least that's how it should be. And so I would, of course, go to the hospital and try to share the love of Christ by opening a Bible and just telling them to just pay attention just for a minute and look at what God says in his word about your sin, needing a savior. Jesus paid for it. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's what I would tell them is to trust Jesus as their savior. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the most loving thing. They may say, it's a hateful message. It's a message of hate. It's a sexist religion that you have. Actually, no, Christianity encourages us to get married and protect women and to pay their bills. You can't get any better than that. That's not sexist. And number two, it's loving to share the gospel and to tell somebody that they're a sinner and that they need a savior. So, yeah, I would I would no doubt, Brett, you know, I, I would want to go share the gospel with that person, no matter how bad they hate me. It doesn't matter. 
It's not just that. I mean, it's it's beautiful and it's a form of love when someone is willing to be there for someone who is at their worst time or darkest hour in life. And to me, that is one of the greatest differences of Christianity over all the other faiths and all that. I've been in hospitals. I've seen sick and disabled people. And I didn't see Hindus and Muslims running around trying to pray for someone who was sick or dying. Not to say they don't, but it was always a majority Christians. What do they have in hospitals? Chapels, right? All right, I'll ask you a couple more questions and then let you get on with your life. My voice is probably causing you insomnia at this point. All right. (laughs) Okay, the the next question for you would be, um, why do you think it is that atheists want so badly to believe that they were not intelligently designed and prefer evolving from slugs, worms, and slime blindly. What's what's so attractive about this? Because it removes all accountability, I would say. It, it removes the, the, the fact that we're going to have to face judgment someday. They say, you know, I will, I, you know, Christian apologists will often point out that it's because they want to live how they want to live. And, and that is partially correct. But the atheists will often respond and say, well, you know, you're just saying that if I didn't have the good book or that if uh, that if you didn't have the good book, that you would end up living horribly. Well, that's not necessarily true. You know, I know people that have left Christianity and they live just like they lived when they were Christians. You know, sometimes the Bible doesn't always determine how a Christian's supposed to or going to live, even though it should determine how they're supposed to live. Um, but to answer that question. You know, I kind of drew a blank there. Um, what was your question again? Uh, basically, oh, why would someone hold to be in a puddle of slime over that of a intelligently designed, um, purposeful right. creature? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the reason being, it really just comes down to them not wanting to be accountable in the next life. They want to believe that there's nothing that they can do that is going to hold them uh, accountable to God. So that when they die, they don't want to have to face judgment. They want to just live in a fantasy. I mean, thinking that your ancestor was a shrew or an ancient rat, the only reason that somebody would believe that typically is because they're just trying to hide from the obvious. And so the Bible says, the Bible actually told us that this would happen and that people would do this, that they would worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever and ever. Amen. And so, you know, that's why is because they don't want to face the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that light is coming to the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds shall be reproved. So they don't want to come to the light because their deeds will be reproved or discovered. Okay, this next question is a very real thing, and it's something that uh, you you deal with because you actually engage people out in public and you run in the church and preaching and all this. There's been many incidences in the last five years where um, some angry atheist with a chip on his shoulder runs into a public uh, ministry or church and begins blasting or trying to take people out. If this happened inside of your church or in an engagement and you had one person that you could protect immediately— with your life or whatever the case, who would that person be? If everybody that you ever cared about was there, who is the number one person that gets the protection? My wife. Yeah, I would jump. I, I would <laughs> do what I can to protect her. Obviously, if you jump in front of somebody, the bullet's likely to go through you and that person. 
um, because guns are powerful. People don't always understand that. I mean, you've heard the phrase, you'd take a bullet for somebody. That's awesome. And there's a lot of people that I would take a bullet for. I would, I would try to protect my wife because, you know, the Bible commands me as the husband to protect uh, the wife. The Bible says that if a man will not provide for his own household, he has denied the faith and is worse, worse than an infidel. The Bible says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And so, um, you know, that would be the one person that I would try to protect. Uh, with all of my heart, just because God commands me to do that. And obviously, I would try to protect everyone. If, if I was carrying a gun, I would, you know, I would respond in such a manner uh, against whoever the shooter is to try and protect people and, you know, uh, eliminate the, the issue. <laughs> I want to say to people out there, I believe that Matt would genuinely try to protect everybody in his church. But I gave him a hypothetical where he only gets to choose one. But I believe if he was put in a position, he'd give his life for any one of them people in his church. Just want to point that out in case people ain't got it figured out. My last question for you is this. You find out that there is a meteorite headed for Earth and the entire human uh, uh, population and animal plant will be extinguished. You have an international television network pointing a camera at you. You have five minutes to say some things before it's the end of everything. What would you say? I would, I would pull out the Bible and go right to the gospel. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. As it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. We're all sinners. The Bible says that our sin will condemn us to hell. The Bible says, but the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. All liars. All of us have lied. And if somebody says they haven't lied, they're lying right now. All liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. But Jesus came, lived a perfect life, was God in the flesh, loved you and me so much that he was willing to lay down his own life, be crucified among men, and raise again the third day. Jesus, the reason that they crucified him was because he spoke the truth. He spoke the truth in love, yet they considered it hate. Why? Because the truth is hate to those who hate the truth. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so Jesus spoke the truth. And Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. And the Bible says that all that the Father giveth to me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. So people need to understand that in order to be saved, that they're sinners and that their sin condemns them to hell. But Jesus took upon all the sins of all mankind on his own shoulders and bare them in his own body on the cross. The Bible says, died, was buried and rose again. And so my message to people would be to place their faith and trust in Jesus for their salvation, rely on Jesus to take them to heaven, not their own works. If I stood before a judge and I committed a sin or a murder that was going to condemn me to jail for life, and I said, well, judge, I'll make up for it. I'll be a good person. It's not going to work. The judge would not let me go. The only way to be set free from sin and death and hell is to accept the gift from the one who conquered sin and death and hell, the Lord Jesus Christ, and raised the third day. So I would tell people to trust Jesus as their savior for the gift of everlasting life. The Bible says that when you receive Christ, that you're given the gift of everlasting life. That's life that goes forever. You cannot lose that. Otherwise, it's not eternal. See, when Jesus dwells within you, 
He says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. In the Old Testament, it says, it is he that goeth with thee, he will not forsake thee. So that would be my message is to trust Jesus as Savior. And I would want to encourage everybody to pray and ask Jesus for the gift of eternal life. And Jesus says, whoso cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You've given a lot of thoughtful answers to every one of these questions, and I hit you with tons and tons of questions, and every answer that you've given have been um, absolutely satisfactory. If you decide in the future, I really don't have to give you permission to do this. You can do whatever you want, but I'm going to do this anyway publicly. If you feel that any of this video is worthwhile or you feel that you've said something that is a message people need to hear, feel free to grab it, take it, and use it uh, however you like. If anyone else out there takes the video, um, as long as I don't think you're deliberately trying to take Matt out of the context, you don't, you won't hear nothing from me. But if you deliberately try to screw with him, then I will look into the community guidelines. Just let me all know. Thanks so much, Brett. It was really good having a conversation with you, and um, good to catch up a little bit. God bless. God bless. Happy Father's Day. You too.